We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Helvin. Hey everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Tuesday, December 4th edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Jake Latarski is with me today, just like every Tuesday. We're going to look at some fantasy free agents and get everybody ready for their fantasy playoffs. How are your teams doing, Jake? Not too bad, not too bad. I've got uh, one first round bye, uh, one and then I'm just in the playoffs in regular stake league and another league, and then missed in one. But it was a keeper league that I decided to sell early, so we'll give. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. I, I had some, uh, I'm doing fine. Just kind of, you know, yep. average. One one league, I started 4-0, and and I lost my last nine. <laughs> who's, who's your biggest uh, the guy that has helped you and the guy that's hurt you the most? Um, a couple of leagues, Tariq Cohen has been terrific, especially in week 13. Ooh, there he we go. awesome. Um, who's mm-hmm. hurt me? Oh, boy. David Johnson. I wound up yep. with him in a couple of spots where I was top four, and he sort of felt to me like he became the obvious pick. Mm-hmm. And he's just I not gotcha. been, you know... I mean, even though the workload has picked up the last few weeks, he just has generally not been that good. It's funny how that works because my David Johnson league, I'm eleven and three or eleven and two with the first round <laughs> by. So okay, I'll take it. You know, Diggs, Edelman. You know, I got Gronk in that league too, but you know, Mahomes fixes all, I suppose. Yeah, no kidding. 
Um, Coventry told me about Mahomes before the season. I keep telling everybody that he told me. Um, he didn't tell me this. He didn't tell me he was going to throw 50-something touchdowns, but he told me he was going to be pretty good. All right, mm-hmm. let's go to let's review Redskins-Eagles real quick and some of the fantasy outcomes of it. Colt McCoy's broken leg is a huge – basically, this makes Mark Sanchez the Redskins quarterback, and it makes them an immediate target for opposing streaming defenses, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the way that you look at it. You know, I, I wrote – I jotted down Mark Sanchez in our two QB league part, which we get to in a sec, but, but really – that's only because every QB is is picked up. And if you're in the playoffs in a two QB league, it's probably not because you were cycling around guys like Mark Sanchez. So it can probably be disregarded. But yes, defense is the rest of the way out. Got to watch out. Um, the rest of the next four weeks, you're probably only worried about three of them. Redskins have Giants at home, Jags on the road, Titans on the road, um, and then Eagles at home. Uh, so the other things in this game... The Eagles, Golden Tate got more involved. We'd been worried about Golden Tate. Things hadn't been going well. And if you were a Golden Tate owner, you might have given up hope. Last night, kind of, we found something maybe, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely was was way better than Alshon Jeffrey from a statistical perspective. But the most noteworthy part is Golden Tate had seven targets and Nelson Aguilar had eight targets and Alshon Jeffrey had five targets. So maybe just one of those strange games, but he was very efficient. He caught all seven of those targets. So that's a good sign moving forward. And, you know, not ready to call the Eagles done at six and six. Um, so, so we'll see what happens here. I mean, I think Golden Tate can really contribute for those guys. And, you know, they, they, they're starting to get emerging fantasy assets that we wouldn't have guessed when we talked about the Eagles at the start of the year. Guys like Josh Adams getting getting 20 carries, you know, and, of course, Golden Tate with the trade. So uh, there's a lot going on here, and their momentum's headed in the right direction. Basically the opposite of the momentum of Washington, who, even though both teams are 6-6. Six and six. Yep. Um, Josh Adams, by the way, last two weeks, 22 and 20 carries. Folks, so mm-hmm. Doug Peterson was not lying a few weeks ago when he said he was going to get Josh Adams the ball. Um, one more thing in that game, Redskins backfield. Peterson had the big long run, and that's great. Chris Thompson, if you put him right back in your lineup, you were not rewarded. I tend to think things will get better, especially with a third-string quarterback who might be dumping the ball off to a running mm-hmm. back. Yeah, like yeah, Thompson. that's so. a possibility. I mean, you look at this Washington team, sure, you, you start – Adrian Peterson in certain contexts as like maybe a low-end RB2 flex kind of player. But after that, there's really, I mean, maybe it gets better for Thompson, but I don't see a whole lot in here that I'm willing to trust in any means in the fantasy playoffs. Even my boy Josh Doxson, because it looked like he was just getting some uh, chemistry with McCoy. Then he went out of the game, and I, I don't believe him and Sanchez connected. If they did, it was only maybe a pass. So it, most of that work was done in the first half. All right. So we are going to check your uh, free agent pool slash waiver wire for the rest of this episode. Remember, when we talk about ownership percentages, we usually try to stick with 40 as the maximum threshold, 40%. That's uh, We talk about Yahoo and ESPN. Also, if we're talking about fab budgets, we'll probably base it on a 12-team league, uh, both on a 12-team league and a $100 budget. But we will specify when we're speaking um, about something different. Let's get to quarterbacks. Um, the greatest running quarterback in the history of the universe, Josh Allen, is only 5% out on Yahoo and 4% ESPN. Looks like we got to go after him, right? Yeah, he, he made the top of my list, and, and this is something that I missed a little bit when you know I was watching through Red Zone and, and all that on Sunday and, and, and focusing on my depressing Packers, which I'm sure you guys have hit plenty already uh, over the course of this week. But uh, the one thing that stood out is Josh Allen. I mean, put out amazing numbers, and we were all over Lamar Jackson, believers of him being able to really elevate that floor. Um I don't see why the Josh Allen situation is a whole lot different. He had 135 yards on the ground, 
And the thing is, is like, oh, I see a quarterback had 135 yards on the ground. Maybe he got loose and broke one off for 75 or 80. No, as long as 28, 15 <laughs> yards a carry. So he's a good running quarterback. We'll give him that. And he, I don't know. It's 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 interesting to see where this is going to go the rest of the year. Um, it's very difficult to start him as uh, QB1 in your single quarterback leagues unless you're, you know, if you're in the if you're in a 16 teamer, you know that squeaked into the playoffs and has been streaming a little bit. Uh, rest of season for Josh Allen, we got Jets, Lions, and Patriots, so not too bad. Do you? And the Patriots is the only one on the road. And uh, if you play Week 17, which she's quit that league, but uh, <laughs> Miami uh, at home in Week 17. So, so while Josh Allen's rushing uh, numbers have picked up, I mean 99 and 135, that's pretty awesome for quarterback. If you look at his first thick six games. 26, 32, 39, 19, 19, 20 were his rushing yards totals, and he had three touchdowns in those first six. That's still pretty good. Like that, that if you just got those, you'd be pretty happy at what a bump that would be to his floor. Now he seems to have taken it to another level. I talked about with this with Tim yesterday, and I think I might have mentioned to you before. I noticed in preseason that he he did not take long to just tuck the ball under his arm and get out of there when when the rush mm-hmm. came, which which for a yeah. fantasy quarterback is a nice trait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for a real life coach, they're gonna they're gonna lose their hair quicker than usual. But yeah. in fantasy, that's exactly what we like to see. All right, in the two QB leagues, um, you'd hang on to Flacco too. You say your your notes I, say here you'd hang on to Jackson and Flacco, and and Flacco mm-hmm. is uh, that's a tough one. Yeah, I I mean I don't really have any insight to this. I think they're gonna have a real tough time selling them on kind of some kind of two QB re- rotation. They maybe go to what they did before. Uh, once that happens, um, once Flacco's healthy, of course, so that's a little bit dependent. I, I don't think they're just, they're going to take a healthy Flacco um, with the money he's making in the Super Bowl win and just completely sit him on the bench. You know, he's ready to wrap up his practice work. Um, I think he's someone, they know what they have in Jackson now, and that's a good sign. Um, but this week 14 matchup at Kansas City, uh, regardless of who starts, like, it's very it'll be frivolous or it'll be good from a fantasy uh, perspective uh, um, especially if it's Lamar Jackson given their run defense and, and the woes they've had this year but I think he I think you hang on to both of them because you got at Kansas City Tampa Bay at the Chargers and then Cleveland to finish the year so regardless of who's starting that game why not just cover your bases in a two QB league all right um, otherwise um, the, the guy I want to talk about you mentioned Sanchez already what about Tannehill I mean the numbers aren't great they're kind of okay. I used the term okay and too much on the show, by the way. But me, mm-hmm. he threw three touchdowns the other day. He didn't throw a lot, and the yardage wasn't terrific. But w- w- he's not a disaster. Like I, I would rather, if, if I'm looking at a 2QB league, and his next four are home for New England, at Minnesota, home for Jacksonville, and at Buffalo. It doesn't sound great. I'd rather have Tannehill over Sanchez 100 times out of 100, I think. Oh, yeah. There, there's no doubt uh, about that. Um, for, I mean, 100% definitely Tannehill over Sanchez. Uh, you, you have just about everybody over Sanchez there. So um, that's definitely something. He, 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 I would make that decision as well. Uh, he, he seems to be making Devontae Parker a little bit better. Uh, Kenny Stills was in play a little bit. You know, they didn't throw the ball a ton, ran the ball 23 times, you know, threw the ball 24 times. So a decent amount of balance there. But uh, Sanchez definitely, um, I'll, yeah, I'll give him the better. I'm sorry, Sanchez. Tannehill, I'll give the benefit of the doubt in this context. Okay. Um, Tannehill, by the way, 4.4% ownership on ESPN is what I'm looking at. Yahoo. Um, let's see. Let's go all players. Sorry, I'm sorting. I know you want to hear me do that. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> but uh, 4.4% on ESPN and 6% on Yahoo for Tannehill. All right. Uh, drop candidates. 
I'm going to say Stafford again. There's no I mean, point there are a whole there are a whole lot of guys that you can drop the rest of the season. I mean, Stafford's one of them, but basically anybody in, you know, I'll look I'll look at our rest of season rankings here and I'm going to guess there's going to be players around Stafford as well that uh that can just that can be dropped as well. So let's just kind of see where we have Stafford rest of season. He's 21. Um so uh, he's right around guys like your case Keenum, Tannehill, Carr, Mullins going afterwards ahead of Stafford. We've got Mariota, Josh Allen, Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield, Jameis Winston. Um, and that's maybe where I draw the line as far as cutting people off in terms of dropability. But chances are those quarterbacks in that tier, if you've got a top 15 guy, maybe you play matchups a little bit if you have two fringe guys. But, um, you know, there's no real reason to to worry about being unable to get them back because you have to realize that playoffs are starting and a lot of leagues have six to eight teams that are no longer on the waiver wire. And if an emergency happens, you'll be able to get somebody back, I would guess. All right. So I'm looking at um, the last five weeks of stats. You ready for this? You're going to find there's going to be some interesting numbers in here. I'm going to start the last five weeks. Fantasy points per game. 19th, Kirk Cousins. 20th, Aaron Rodgers. 21st, Tannehill. 22nd, Carson Wentz. 23rd, Tom Brady. I Those mean, are some brutal ones. Yeah. I mean, it, at this point of the season, depending on what your matchups are the rest of the way, I mean, I, I could see, I, I, I wouldn't be stubborn about those, some of those guys. Mm-hmm. I was doing a, a radio interview last Thursday, and the guy asked me, uh, okay, so Baker Mayfield or Aaron Rodgers this week? And I'm like, <laughs> and then I'm like, wait a minute. What does this say about the 2018 season that we're at the point where this is even a question? Yep. Um, so what do you think, going to the Packers, what do you think happens short-term to the offense? It's... Man, it's really difficult to tell. I'd love to think that they open things up a little bit more. Maybe they continue to give the ball to Aaron Jones, but that's no guarantee. This is this is all speculative. Joe Philbin has plenty of experience in that system. You know, before he kind of went off to take his head coaching job, then ended up coming back to the organization. Um, the worry is that it's not he's not going to suddenly just open things up and, and and make it all that different. You know, he's still within that system. So, you know, maybe they get creative. Maybe they let Rogers a little, a little more freedom with play calling. Although it's my belief that he had pretty close to free reign the way it is. I, I don't expect a ton of overarching big time changes to be made. So that part's a little bit concerning to me. So I, I guess we'll see what happens. It's one of those things that I, I can't really, uh, I don't have any, you know, inside knowledge or insight on what's going to happen here. It's just kind of a wait and see. And, and that's a little bit of a scary part for, from a fantasy perspective. All right. There's one other thing I want to mention. When you're looking at quarterbacks that are available, there's one guy I want to raise a little bit of a red flag on, um, Cam Newton. And the reason is um, that, okay, so he's had some shoulder issues all year. And he's played through them and he's been mm. fine. Now, they've they've masked some of the shoulder issues like basically what part of the issue he's going to have with that and he's been having with that is the downfield throws have not been great and they've limited those and if you notice on sunday what happens is the spotlight gets shined on it when they take him out for a hail mary because they don't think he could make the 50 yard throw or would rather him not make the 50 yard throw either one or the other (laughs) after the way the panthers have played recently there seems to be a lot of speculation in my little town here and this is fan speculation, and I don't want to alarm anyone too much. 
seems to be a lot of speculation. I wonder if they're going to sit him down if they hmm. lose one or two more. Now, at 6-6, six and six, they're not going to. But if you were looking to go deep into your fantasy playoffs with Cam Newton, I would be safe and roster another quarterback. I think okay. you are. I mean, it could be Josh Allen, based on what we're talking about today. But this is one of those things where it just, I, I, I feel like I've seen, and, and like I said, the speculation is mostly coming from the talk radio hosts and the people calling in. So it doesn't mean anything. The Panthers have not said anything to this, but there is clearly an issue with Cam Newton's shoulder. And if somehow they wind up six and eight after two more weeks, I don't know what's going to happen. And like, that, I don't know yeah, what the doctors that, are saying either, but yeah, that's incredibly valuable insight because a couple of weeks ago, John, we were just discussing how the Panthers and some of their fantasy options have just the best playoff schedule because we're upcoming for the next four weeks. They got Cleveland, New Orleans, Atlanta and New Orleans again and against quarterbacks uh, Cleveland's the best out of all those against quarterbacks uh, with 22 against opposing QBs so a couple weeks ago we were thinking man the schedule is going to be juicy and now things are heading a little bit in the wrong direction and and that makes me a little wary on the wide receivers um, hopefully they continue to play Christian McCaffrey and keep it up because he's yeah. definitely uh, he's he's carried a lot of people to the fantasy playoffs and he's been a gem for some of my DFS lineups over the past couple weeks um, so yeah, we'll see. I'm glad you brought that up because that's a very interesting thing to consider, especially when you got me over here saying, drop your second quarterback. You don't need him. You don't need him. Well, this is a situation where maybe you might. Yeah. The, the, this is, the, this is the guy who you would not drop your second quarterback if you had. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I'm trying to think of who basically your best bets here. I'm looking at Lamar. Who's got some interesting matchups. I mean, he's got, he's at Kansas city and home for Tampa. And he is, I mean, he's 46% ownership. Um, we talked about Josh Allen, who I think is, Josh Allen is, is, I'm not saying he's great, but I think the, because of his style of play, we, don't take, we, we shouldn't take the traditional matchup stuff into account so much with him, right? Because it's yeah, all about yeah, the that's been the Yeah, that's been the theme for us the last couple of weeks. I mean, Lamar Jackson's not by any means an outstanding pocket passer, and he throws some pretty bad interceptions when he's in play. Uh, and we're definitely willing to look past that from a fantasy perspective. And and it's the same thing with Josh Allen. You'll get your rookie bumps, even though it's it's week 14. Uh, there's going to be some issues there. But the, the certain unique parts of his game make him a viable fantasy option. Somebody probably worth rostering just in case. You know who's another interesting one if you had to take a backup looking at the matchups? Keenum. Keenum's 20% owned. His next three weeks are at San Francisco, home for Cleveland, at Oakland. Yeah, so, I like that, and I like. Uh, I mean, Cor- I looked at I looked at Cortland Sutton, and he's just over fifty percent owned, so not quite fitting our thresholds. But with the same logic, there, you know, maybe he's someone that could be a wide receiver three type, given the right matchup in the fantasy playoffs. Yep. Okay. Um, let's get to running back. So last week we talked about Eckler was a. I mean, we talked about Eckler, but most people couldn't get Eckler last week because he was too. Highly owned, mm-hmm. and if you were chasing him on the waiver wire, didn't get him. That probably that turned out to be a blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So very few people can blame us for uh, for loving him. Uh, but th- that whole backfield, it's going to be interesting because Melvin Gordon could return week fourteen, could return week fifteen. They've got a nice uh, a nice rest of season schedule here for whoever their back is. That's going to be something to monitor for both season long and DFS. Okay. Next up, uh, the the other guys. I mean, you talked about Blunt. Blunt had a similar week to what he had the week before. He just didn't get the touchdowns. Uh, mm-hmm. Jackson, we're going to talk about him in a minute. 
Um, the Yeldon Hyde experiment it was it leaned toward Yeldon, but that's only one weak thing with four net suspension. Um, Hines and Wilkins we talked about, but Mac turned out to play, so that didn't work out much. Burkhead got what seven carries, and he was part of a three-headed mm-hmm. monster. I think he was on the field for twenty snaps or less for the Pats. So yeah, he got uh, yeah nine touches total. It was a couple carries, and most of it came in the passing game, I believe. All right, um, Gary, we should talk about. Look, Gus Edwards got more than 20 carries again, so, so we don't want to say anyone else is going to take over in Baltimore. But Kenneth Dixon made an appearance. Alex Collins went to injured reserve. You can drop him, certainly. Mm-hmm. Kenneth Dixon finally was activated. Uh, he's 11% on, on Yahoo, 3% on ESPN. And he got involved in the game pretty quickly, and he's always had some receiving chops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's someone that is worth mentioning uh, because a lot of these guys that we're going to talk about and a lot of the guys that we have talked about over the last couple of weeks are short-term rentals. But Baltimore is still, you know, in the hunt, we can say. And and they're a team that will run the ball. And when you have Lamar Jackson as your quarterback, there are certain running lanes open up and, and that can make things a little bit interesting. So uh, Gus Edwards entered the game with a little bit of an injury issue, but he was clear to play. And then he was seen kind of limping off the, the field afterwards. So that's going to be very much a injury situation situation to monitor. Um, so it's a little bit concerning, but then you're almost run wondering who's left here. Cause yeah, you got Ty Montgomery and Buck Allen, but they thought less enough of Mike of, of Buck Allen for Ty Montgomery to take his job. Montgomery did have seven targets. So maybe that's worth noting. I'm still don't think that's enough to pick him up even in a PPR league, but we have a last man standing here mixed with the back that we know has shown shades of being capable here. So Kenneth Dixon topped the list for me this week. Okay. Um, I like that one. And Kenneth Dixon, um, to refresh your memory, Last season, during draft season, he was a very hot commodity. That he, he was sort of the, hey, this could be the breakout guy in Baltimore. And he wound up getting hurt, mm-hmm. and he missed the whole year. The year before, uh, he ran pretty well, and he caught the ball. He actually I mean, he had 30 catches in 12 games. His, his junior and senior year of college, he combined for 64 catches. So he, he can, he's versatile. And, and Gus Edwards is not the guy going to be catching the ball out of the backfield. However, Ty Montgomery caught, what, five passes the other day? Yeah, it's the seven targets that jump out at me, and uh, and and yeah, you're correct. Uh, five passes for 42 yards for Ty Montgomery. He was the second leading receiver behind Mark Andrews, like everybody thought. And then you know <laughs> Crabtree checking in for 36 yards. Willie Sneed one pass, probably his worst game of the year. It, it's rough for other any Baltimore receiver. Obviously, you're sitting by now um, if they haven't knocked you out of the playoffs already. All right. I'm dying to see this uh, Ravens-Chiefs game this week. It's going to be interesting. Okay, so 49ers now. <laughs> Matt Breed is going to be out in week 14. Jeff Wilson. What do we know about Jeff Wilson other than he, caught, he ran well and caught a bunch of passes the other day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Jeff Wilson. What do we know about Jeff Wilson? Well, kind of looking through these awesome Rotowire profile pages, I mean, it was the second NFL game. 24 or 23 year old out of North Texas, undrafted free agent. Apparently, it's the year of the undrafted free agent. You can call the podcast that probably. Um, but he came out and had a decent amount. He had a good, good amount of touches, good amount of yards from scrimmage. Matchups the rest of the season aren't great, and that's the only thing that concerns me a little bit. Denver and Seattle uh, are upcoming next, and then he's got the Bears in the fantasy championship. But th- this is more of one of opportunity than necessarily skill slash matchup so uh 
he definitely has a spot on the list this year because the Brutus situation, um, I'm looking at that right now to see if anything new happens since I put this together last night. Nope, he's but, been ruled uh, out. Yeah, That's all we know. He's been ruled out, yeah. Ruled out week 14. We'll see what happens beyond that. But uh, we have basically at least a one-week rental, possibly more. Okay. Um, by the way, as far as receiving, the, the, the receiving skills for Wilson in college were, they were fine. I mean, the, the stats, I shouldn't say the skills, the stats were fine. He caught 29 passes as a junior, 24 as a senior. They threw to him some, not a ton. Um, but, I mean, geez, the 49ers threw to him. You know, he cut eight catches last week. So, you know, he, he's the man. I mean, Alfred Morris might come back, but he was a healthy scratch the other day, right? So Yeah, I mean, there, there's no reason for me or inclination to want to go pick up Alfred Morris. We've moved him all the way to the bottom of the Niners depth chart on our website. Right. We've got him below Matt Days in the pecking order right now. So um, once we thought there once there was a time when we thought, oh, the Shanahan connection and and maybe he can channel some of that old magic, but uh, I, it's not for me unless you're in a 24 teamer and need a just a deep deep flyer. Right. But but you don't think that Alfred Morris could be activated and eat into what would be Wilson's workload? That is certainly a possibility. Yeah. Um, sure. But. The production won't be enough to, I mean, there's there's some other guys that you'd spend your money on if we're thinking about a starting spot in the fantasy playoffs on Alfred Morris. All right. I liked Matt Days in college. He went to North Carolina State. I kind of liked him. Um, Didn't the Browns draft him? They did draft him. Okay. Seventh round pick last year? Yep. 2017. Um, The other guy, Justin Jackson, we talked about him a little last week, and I mentioned him a couple minutes ago. He's 23% owned on Yahoo, 12% ESPN. By the way, going back to Jeff Wilson, you can get him in any league. No one had Jeff Wilson before last week. There might be Mm -hmm. one random guy in New Zealand who owned Jeff Wilson, but generally nobody had Jeff Wilson. Um, Justin Jackson looked really good when Eckler didn't. The wild card here is Melvin Gordon because we do not know his status for week 14. However, if you're – look – if you don't need a guy, if you need a guy for this week, you'd rather have Wilson than Jackson. Like if, if that's Probably. basically you're saying, I got to start a guy now, that's your guy. Mm-hmm. But if Gordon's out again, the way what we saw the other day would suggest that Jackson will be a little bit busier than he was the other night against the Steelers, that he'd probably get past double digit carries, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, I mean the matchups ahead are amazing for Justin Jackson. So if he takes if he takes the field and Melvin Gordon does not, he's a decent. You know he'll be an RB two category. He'll probably be a top thirty back for the week. Could sneak into top twenty depending on how high you are on him. Now you don't necessarily just bid on Justin Jackson because you need a running back. Now some people think this strategy is a little shady, but last night I looked and lo and behold, my first round uh, matchup. In the playoffs, is a is a Melvin Gordon owner, so mm-hmm. I happen to have more Fab money than that individual. So yes, I spend it all on Justin Jackson. Block him, yes. Block him, yeah. Block him. Do it. I mean, this this is this is cutthroat. This is no holds bar. He's probably going to get mad about it, but what you're doing is entirely in the rules and very fair strategy. Got to do it. Have yep. to do it. So not only do you maybe need an RB two in this situation. Just do it so the Melvin Gordon owner, who's probably in the playoffs because Melvin Gordon had an awesome year, do it so the Melvin Gordon owner doesn't get him. Uh, and and you can make the same argument about toward the uh, the Matt Breida owner getting Jeff Wilson away from him. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, yeah, he definitely could. I'm just a little bit higher on what Jackson yeah, totally. would be able to do if he plays over Gordon. So oh, yeah, um, matchup circumstance everything. Yeah, Jackson's matchups are terrific. Like I I have we we talk about fishbowl a lot. 
I, I grabbed Justin Jackson last week in fishbowl. I didn't start him, but I grabbed him just in case, you know, the Gordon thing didn't work mm-hmm. out. And, and I would love to, st- if Gordon doesn't play this week, I would love to start this guy. Like, Oh yeah, I, absolutely. I'd be really yeah. excited. He, I think he made both our top threes last week. So if you were listening to us, you were tipped off a little bit. And again, we didn't know that he was necessarily going to be better than Eckler. We just knew that there were some touches to be had and he made the most of them. Yep. There, there was upside there. And, and we, I think we saw it cause he looked really good. Um, the other guy we want to talk about. So James Conner, it sounds in the early going that James Conner's injury is not serious. However, if you own him, you probably want to you probably want to hedge Jalen Samuels. And the interesting thing about Jalen Samuels, who's very widely available, is that on Yahoo he's eligible at tight end. That's a game changer. If if Conner doesn't play, Jalen Samuels is a must start on Yahoo at tight end. Like oh, yeah. he, he might Most be the definitely. best tight end of the week, right? Yeah, I mean, still there's there's Ertz and Kelsey, and those two guys are in the tier of their own. And Ebron's sneaking up there, but I wouldn't call him there yet after the Doyle injury. Um, but definitely a top five tight end, I would say. Uh, the the position just been so horrible this year, and there are a few guys that you can rely on. If there's someone who gets 10, 15 carries, then yes, absolutely, he's tight end. Uh, he's a top five tight end this week. So that's what makes him very intriguing. And, and a case could be made. I mean, if you're, if you've been flipping around between Hoyerman, Lacoste, you know, even Herndon and John who, and, and you, and you've just haven't been able to pin down this tight end, but you've still squeaked your way into the playoffs. This could be a rest of fab situation just on the possibility that Connor is limited. So let's say you grab Jalen Samuels this week. And, we find out on Friday, they say, you know what? We're playing at the Raiders. Connor's shaky. We're going to sit him out. And you look at your roster and you have, say, Gronk. Who would you start, Jalen Samuels or Gronk? I could very much be in this position if I didn't have the first round by. Mm-hmm. Somehow I got it without Gronk. I don't know. I'd still start Gronk. But you would? Man, yeah, yeah. I just... It's hard. If, if it was... Yeah, it's so difficult. Um, so, so we're saying Connor's like inactive. Inactive, like we know. They say on Friday Con- we're declaring Connor out, like, which we don't think will, at this point on Tuesday we do not think will happen because signs mm. are positive. But it's you know we don't know how the week's going to go. I'd start Gronk and flex him and flex Samuels. Right. <laughs> I know that's go- that's totally around the question. Right. Um, I, you could maybe make a case that Samuels ranks ahead of him, but but that's really tough. I mean, remember Gronk's had all those incentives in his contract, so if he's healthy and hopefully getting the ball. Um, he definitely has a reason that he should be asking for the ball, getting targeted, and finding the end zone once he gets that ball. All right. Uh, the other one, the other guy we got to talk about, why did Chase Edmonds steal goal line touches from David Johnson? Mm-hmm. This is mostly me just wanting to continue banging my head against the wall. I mean, what the heck happened here? Terrible. Johnson had 20 carries. I was sitting here watching the game at the office, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm attending to some of my other business, and I'm flipping over, turning over to the NFL crew like – Hey, what the hell happened to David Johnson? Is he hurt? We assume he's hurt, right? No, I haven't seen anything. And it's like, oh, okay. I I guess it's just a vulture situation that hopefully is over and done with after this week. All right. Um, other guys we can talk about. Uh, Jalen Richard, Doug Martin, both were okay, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Doug Martin found the end zone, so that definitely helped his fantasy day. But if we're talking in terms of, of uh, PP, well, Richard outrushed. Um, Doug Martin, he had a long 30-yard run, but six carries for 95 yards. And he was also um, third on the team in receiving three for 31. So, yeah, Martin had a decent day. He got the touchdown, so that helped. But uh, Richard continues to be 
a pretty viable option in PPR formats. Won't get him as friendly of a matchup probably the rest of the way out, but worth a mention. All right. Uh, Damian Williams appears to be the backup to Spencer Ware. He had five carries for 38 yards, two catches for seven. However, they signed Chark Kendrick West. I would still think that if they like Chark Kendrick mm-hmm. West more than Damian Williams, then he would have been on the roster already. Um, That's funny. Mike, Mike Doria suggested that on Sunday. Oh, they got to go sign Chark Kendrick West. And I laughed. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's still around. The Sharknado. Um, the Sharknado, yes, that's a great nickname. How have I not heard that before? That the was Sharknado. me. I think that was me. I was the only one. I kept trying to push it, and no one was buying it. So Okay. No, well, I'm going to try to buy it now. Uh, <laughs> maybe that's a better title than the, the year of the UDFA for today's pod, but the Sharknado. Um, but but no, it's this is Spencer Ware's game, and, and uh, it's going to continue to be his ability on screen pass, his viability in the Wildcat formation. That's how he got his touchdown. Um, it, yeah, it's going to continue to be Spencer Ware's game. So I missed the Sharknado news and just jotted down Jamie and William, or Damian Williams last night. I uh, guess we got to go the other direction. Though. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with Damian Williams there, I think, as, as, the, sta- as the stash. Um, Rex Burkhead, we talked about a little bit. He, you know, he got some yeah. touches, but he's, now, he's, he's the third mm-hmm. banana there for now until someone gets mm-hmm. hurt. Um, yeah, I missed, I misspoke earlier in the pod. I said it was all in the receiving game. No, it was all in the running game. Seven carries for 20 yards. It was, uh, for some reason, those numbers, I had box score dyslexia or something going on. But two for 21 caught his only two targets. All that does is muddle the works a little bit for Sony Michelle and James White. But if you're a Michelle or White owner, I think you still have to start him the rest of the way out. All right. Um, the other person here, uh, Rashad Penny, got some carries. But uh, still wasn't on the field for a lot of snaps. And Chris Carson did come off for a while with a dislocated finger, but he should be fine. So Rashad Penny, I'm, I'm not going there. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I wrote down in our outline today, I'm like, you know, we can have this conversation again, but this road almost certainly ends in despair. You're yeah. going to pick him up for the fantasy playoffs, chasing a touchdown. He's going to get you two or three fantasy points, and then you're gonna your season will be done, and you, you'll be salty about it. So had to write it down just in case something wild happens with Carson but uh, or, or even the deepest of leagues, but... Uh, not feeling great about that one. All right. Who rank them? This is one I struggled with a lot. I, I go Jackson number one because my actions speak louder than than whatever words I say here and, and the bid that I made. So I, I made Jackson number one because there are several angles and reasons you would pick up Jackson. Wilson number two, Dixon number three. Uh, I think I'm with you, but I'm having a hard I'm having a hard time on the Wilson Jackson decision. I wish if I have to if I have to decide tonight and I know what I know now. I probably go Jackson. For me, Wilson was closer to Dixon than he was Jackson. Okay. But yeah, just a little bit. Um, yeah, that that was a, that was a tough one because we know Wilson's probably a rental. Um, we know Jackson's a rental too, but there are so many other strategies in here. You know, the Matt Breida owner is not necessarily a points leader that's a top seed in the playoffs here. So you know, the Gordon guy most likely is. So th- that that's why I put him that way. All right. Um, People to drop. Alex Collins on IR. We talked about him already. Royce Freeman. He did carry. He had twelve carries, but then he got he fumbled, right? Which probably hurts no, his stock. And Philip Lindsay. I, Lindsay's I totally awesome. missed that. Yeah. Yeah. Philip. Yeah. Philip Lindsay was just awesome. See, um, I think I believe Freeman was the guy I actually dropped to empty the rest of my fab money on Justin Jackson because I, I just I don't see it. He had his best matchup the rest of the way out here against the Bengals. He got twelve carries. Um, also, yes, you're right. He did lose a fumble. Yuck. Yuck um, is right. So, yeah, there's no, I mean, like I said, best matchup he's going to have the rest of the way out by a mile and couldn't do anything in it. So I think it's definitely, he's dead, he's dead weight on your roster in the fantasy playoffs. Now, next year, he'll be like a 14th round pick for me because I won't be able to let it go and I'll think he's a buy low option. Right. But this year, no need for him anymore. 
All right. Yeah, the other drop candidate. Remember, um, Leonard Fournette had a one-game suspension. He'll be back this week. If you did the Hyde Yeldon experiment, you can ditch either one of them unless you want to handcuff. The problem is if you handcuff and Fournette gets hurt, then you don't know what's going to happen because, as we saw the other day, Hyde and Yeldon split work, so it's kind of tough. Um, wide receivers. Last week, we talked about Humphreys, who was terrific again. Doxon, who at this point with Sanchez might be having some trouble. Willie Sneed, nothing doing. Uh, Chris Godwin, with Deshaun Jackson out, I haven't seen his week 14 status. Chris Godwin mm-hmm. came sure. back. Welcome. He was good early in the season. He kind of disappeared for a while and uh, had a really strong game against the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the particular DFS site I was playing, I used Humphreys for 6000 but I think Godwin at about 5400 was the better play. Uh, that, that that was going on. So, um, and I was a little bit surprised to see Godwin a lot more owned. And I'm thinking, what well, what's going on with these ownership percentages here? But then I was like, oh, I guess that makes sense because with Jackson out, Humphreys is getting his no matter what's happening around him. Jackson's out, so Godwin's actually the guy that steps in and is a little bit cheaper. Both those guys are in play uh, given the situation. Humphreys is a guy that if he's still hanging out there, he's a very viable wide receiver three in my eyes. It doesn't matter. Uh, what's going on with Jackson or what's not going on with Jackson. He's a good bet for six to eight targets. I believe he was the leading target getter close to it on, on Sunday, and he'll be uh, he's a rest of your fab guy if he's still hanging around. All right, Humphreys was a – he was – he's 51% owned on Yahoo, and I'm going to check his ESPN status right now. His ownership percentage on ESPN is 41.2. So gettable in some situations. Oh, he's very gettable. I'm surprised that he was left out this long. I mean, I think after some people, I think after people get eliminated from the playoffs and decide their season's over and stop paying attention, the ownership percentages are definitely less quick to react than they are in weeks one through four. So that could be a little bit of what we're seeing here. But Adam Humphreys is a starting receiver on the fantasy playoffs in more formats than not. All right. We don't love any wide receivers this week, but we like some. Um, Michael Gallup had a good week. I'm still not going there. That's, that's, the, that's the second fiddle in a low-volume passing game for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. The seven so. targets. He was targeted the second most behind Amari Cooper. And was there a Cole Beasley injury? I want to say there was a Cole Beasley injury. Uh, so that's what made it. Yeah. So Beasley, Beasley sprained his foot. He's got a long week to recover, of course. Um, so maybe, I mean, we were believers in Gallup earlier in the season, or at least I was. I liked him coming out of college. Maybe there's a little opportunity now, but that's basically the context in which he makes this list that'll be mostly quick hitters. All right, and that's, an, that's against an Eagle secondary that is getting healthier, but still a little bit banged up. Um, Devontae mm-hmm. Parker scored a touchdown the other day. Eh, whatever. I think, I don't know, 10 Hill back in theory should help him, but I still don't know exactly what the situation behind the scenes is there, and that makes me a little hesitant. Right, now, if, if you think that... The, the, the argument for him would be that if you think the Patriots are going to win big, then the Dolphins will throw more than usual because they don't usually throw a ton. So mm-hmm. that, that would be, if you, if you think the Patriots are going to win, that, 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 that would lead you more toward a guy like Parker. Um, some high target guys. Curtis Samuel got 11, which is interesting. I, I actually said last week I didn't think anything like that would happen, and it did. Um, mm-hmm. Bruce Ellington got 10, but he, Bruce Ellington's a dink and dunk option for the Lions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a little bit of PPR upside. Do you think the Samuel situation was because of Cam Newton being unable to throw the ball on downfield like we discussed earlier? It's, it's been like the, the throwing downfield. It's been like that all year that it's a lot of short stuff. What happened is Funches, they, they threw because they were losing, I think. Funches came back, but he was on a snap count because he wasn't gotcha. totally healthy. So I, I think I, I was worried that, that Funches and Samuel would sort of you know fight for targets. 
and Funches got a red zone one, but Funches wasn't completely healthy yet. So this week could be a little different. But I think, you know, they're at the point now, they're involving Samuel Moore. I mean, DJ Moore's target number one. Uh, McCaffrey, sorry, DJ Moore and McCaffrey are, are, let's say, one and one A. And everybody else sort of, you know, gets the scraps after that. And now Samuel, I mean, he got 11, so hard to argue. Um, and they, they seem to be trying to feature him more because he's certainly, uh, I mean, he's really fast, <laughs> as you know, if you watched him. <laughs> so uh, he, he's a possibility. Now, I, I was dismissing him until last week, and I'm not dismissing him anymore. Let's put it that way. So, mm-hmm. But he is still, I mean, all these guys, these receivers that we're talking about outside of Humphreys, very difficult to insert into your playoff lineup. Yes, absolutely. Um, that goes for Jordy Nelson, too, who was the invisible man before he caught 10 passes the other day. I don't know where that came from. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to get just say, okay, Chiefs, Chiefs and shootouts, and, and that's what happens against the Chiefs. Right. Dante Pettis is a different story. Now, because now we're on two weeks in a row where Dante Pettis is kind of emerging as maybe the number two target behind Kittle in the 49ers offense. And that's due to some injuries and issues with the other guys, but so what? Yeah, and big plays now back to back weeks with seven targets. Yep. And that's the uh that's that that's the good news. Um he's basically doing in this brief stretch of time what most of us thought Marquise Goodwin was gonna do this year. Rest of season schedule, not super great. Denver, Seattle, Chicago, at least they're all home games. So there is maybe some low on flex appeal in deep formats, but even with the targets, I mean, I'm not necessarily sure I trust him. I would feel a lot safer with a guy like Humphreys, for example. Absolutely. The Bengals, A.J. Green, done for the season. You can cut him otherwise. So Tyler Boyd, I mean, Tyler Boyd's owned everywhere, so that's not a that's big That's a help. tough dilemma. He brought a lot of people to the playoffs who, you know, who didn't take A.J. Green and got Boyd much later in the draft, but now it's like you can't, he's not this, you can't look at him like he's the same player he was six weeks ago. Right. And the Bengals are playing at San Diego this week, which is not mm-hmm. an easy thing. Mean, they might be throwing a lot because they're getting destroyed, but I don't yeah, I mean, count on that. So there is, I don't know, there's some maybe John Ross touchdown chance appeal. You know, you can maybe throw that in there. He, I, I see him and like Anthony Miller a little bit similar. Like, yeah, he could probably have a bad game, but they could also score a touchdown. So hmm. John Ross, it's funny. When A.J. Green got hurt initially, he kind of went, okay, I mean, now or never John Ross. And he, I mean, he caught some touchdowns, but he really wasn't that involved. I mean, he, he got targeted, what, six, six, and seven times in the last three games? I don't know. I, I, I was expecting more. So Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely, I mean, given, his, given the speed that everybody talks about and, and that draft pedigree, but, you know, maybe it's an extra thing. I guess we'll have to wait and see. All right. The other guy I want to talk about here is uh, Zay Jones on the Bills. Now, uh, to repeat, neither one of us, really wants Josh Allen throwing passes for our real-life football team, okay? But he seems to be throwing the ball a decent amount to Zay Jones. Now, there's one blip here with Zay Jones because if you want to average, hey, here's what he did the last four weeks, five weeks, okay, whatever. The last five games, target counts, 8, 6, 11, 1, 9. The, eight was against the, the one was against the Jags. I almost want to give him a pass there. I mean, that, the volume's Sorry. pretty good there. Other than that one mm-hmm. game. Yeah, we were talking about the Josh Allen rest of season schedule as a refresher. Jets, Lions, Patriots, Dolphins. Patriots is the only road game there. Um, and the nine targets is certainly encouraging. It, you, you can play with the stats a little bit and say, well, in two of the last three weeks, he had a total of 20 targets and make it sound a whole lot better if you want. Um, so 
so yeah, the Jacksonville blip, I, I would excuse. Again, all these guys are tough to start in the playoffs, but I mean, Zay Jones, as much as any of these other guys that we just talked about, uh, you know, could be worth a look. And, um, you know, if, if, if you got AJ, there's, there's no sense in holding someone like AJ Green or Alex Collins on your bench the rest of the season. Drop them, get a guy like this that probably doesn't cost you anything unless you're in a league that, uh, that charges four transactions. Um, and you know, keep them on the end of your bench just in case someone's desperate for a wide receiver three and, and have a, make it, make them have a tougher time getting one. All right. Who, who's the top three of the guys we talked about? Assuming that Humphreys is off the table. Humphreys off the table, man. It, it, it's an ugly week. I guess I go Godwin Pettis and then yeah, Michael Gallup only cause he's my horse's name on red dead redemption. <laughs> um, I got. I might mix Ellington in there after Godwin and Pettis among these. Okay, guys, that's but, fair. Okay, um, drop candidates. By the way, Christian Kirk in your reserve. If you were, if you had him in a deep league, you can get rid of him. Um, and Deshaun Jackson. I don't know if you need to. Right now, we don't know his week fourteen status, but I don't know if I care. Um, tight ends. So the guys we talked about last week and Brait was Brait wasn't helpful. Did he get a? T- he didn't get a touchdown either, did he? No. Um, no, he did not. He again, low price, high owned in DFS, uh, but a little hit or miss. All the action went to Humphreys and Godwin. Yep. Which yeah, who knew that before the start of the year? We talked about her and we talked about Johnny Smith who who one of his teammates at tight end, Ferkser, caught a touchdown, which is a huge bummer mm-hmm. for the Johnny Smith people. Um reminding you again, John uh Jalen Samuels, if Connor's out, Jalen Samuels is a super interesting tight end. You even if Connor's in, if you think he's not hundred percent and you think they're gonna blow out the Raiders. If you're on Yahoo, Jalen Samuels could be a low end tight end one. If you lost mm-hmm. a tight, if you lost Greg Olson, like, okay, here's another one. Do, do you think the Steelers are going to crush the Raiders, or do you think it'll be a close game or a reasonably close game? I presume that they will crush the Raiders. All right. If you lost Greg Olson, and you're choosing between, and you're on Yahoo, and you have like, okay, my best option is John o. Smith or Chris Herndon or even Brait. Would you consider rolling with Jalen Samuels instead, thinking that, well, maybe since Connor was hurt, they'll, you know, if, if the score gets out of hand, Samuels will get 20 snaps and maybe six or seven carries and a couple of catches. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot to learn before that start gets made, but you definitely have to bid now. So I would definitely make that bid. I mean, Herndon Smith and, and, and Braid are, are like six, seven point guys. And they have been for the last several weeks, this Pittsburgh Oakland game, they're 11 point favorites. That's the biggest, uh, second biggest favorites of the week outside of the chargers over Cincinnati, uh, third biggest over under on the Sunday, Sunday slate here. Um, there's blowout potential in this game. And, yeah, six seven points is. I feel like that could be a floor for Samuels, and you never know. Maybe something happens to Connor, and and his workload's limited, or maybe it is a blowout. So um, that would be, especially if you just lost Greg Olson and you were relying on him. It's another one of those rest of fab guys, and yep. that's gonna, that's going to be one of our phrases from now on to the rest of the year because you cannot take it with you. Right, that's right. Um, other guys, Rhett Ellison. I don't know what Evan Ingram's status is yet for this week. I'm going to look that up now, see if we've got any news on Evan Ingram. But he did not play Sunday. We don't know if he's going to play moving forward. Rhett Ellison has he has four catches in each of the last two games. He's a blocker, but yeah, they're throwing to him a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you'll find no arguments there. I mean, he's. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's one of the guys that ends up wide open on another Odell trick play. 
<laughs> Who knows? Right. I mean, I mean, he, he he's out there, and, and and the tight end situation is pretty grim. I'm guessing you shouldn't have to spend fab on him if you need him, um, because the people that are in the playoffs probably got a better option at that position. He's just a name to mention because I wanted to mention more than one name this week. But you got a pretty good one. Uh, yeah, Ian Thomas and the Panthers. Uh, Greg Olson out for the year, as we mentioned. Uh, Ian Thomas, it, when Olson missed a few weeks early, Thomas got three, five, and six targets, uh, two, three, and three receptions. Actually, against the Falcons, he dropped a touchdown um, over the middle. Uh, he actually got five. He caught all five of his targets this past Sunday at Tampa after Olson got hurt. I, I think this guy, they, they like throwing in the tight end. I think this guy's going to be involved. I think I think you could do a lot worse than pick him up if you're looking for a tight end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't easy to, or, I mean, it wasn't too tough to talk me into Ian Thomas over Red Ellis, and that was a better play than my one. Good call. All right. I mean, I, I think Thomas the rest of the way is better than guys like, I'm going to, let me look at the tight end scoring for the season right mm-hmm. now real quick. I mean, he's basically in that tier of those add and drop fringe guys that we've been discussing for the last few weeks that Herndon and Smith and those guys are going to forever be paired in my head because they're so similar contextual uh, in, in this part of the football season. I mean, after Kelsey Ertz, Ebron Cook, Kittle, maybe Hooper and Reed, I'm happy to go Ian Thomas over, I mean, yeah. just about anyone I mean, else. after that, it's a crapshoot anyway, so. Right. All right. Um, Streaming defenses, we got a lot of options this week, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a very good week. Uh, so it's it, it's it's difficult. It was difficult to pick one, but I think I've got it, and I I rank these up with a little bit of rest of season tendency. Okay, go for it. Who you got first? All right, so number one, checking all my boxes, Buffalo Bills, 30% owned in Yahoo Leagues. Mm-hmm. They get the Jets at home. The over-under on that game is 38.5. Seems simple enough to me. I like that, and I like that after the Jets at home, they get Matt Stafford on the Lions at home. You can probably drop him for the Fantasy Championship at New England, um, but they've been a pretty pretty productive defense of late, so I put them number one. Um, number two was a little bit of a cheat because Tennessee is 47% owned in, in Yahoo leagues. They get the Jaguars at home in a game where the over-under is 37 and a half. And I'm not one to bet the under, but yeah, that's one that I would consider, um, especially given what happened to Jacksonville and Indianapolis this week. Um, and then after that, I threw, uh, Arizona on here. Uh, they, again, home game over under 40.5. Widely available, 14% on Yahoo Leagues. And, uh, you know, we're not big Stafford fans here, so maybe they can get some turnovers there. And so those are my top three that I originally wrote. But I think you got one that you added in here later, John, that I might bump up the list uh, at least over the Cardinals. You want to fire away at that one? Giants, 10% owned against the Sanchez at Washington. I think that's a good I one. Used them, I used them in DFS this past week, and I got them at like 3.3% on super cheap, and then they ran that uh, Ogletree had that touchdown back against Chase Daniel. And there are some players on that defense that are capable of doing that, and it is Mark Sanchez. All right. Uh, so I think you won't be able to get him at 3% owned anymore, but they could be one of the top streamers for just this week. And if you've listened to this whole show right now, I'm speaking at 1230 Eastern time on Tuesday, and we have some breaking news. Even though you're going to hear this recorded, Mike Tomlin says that James Conner will not play in Week 14. So, oh geez, throw so away we everything we said in the last yeah. hour yes, and blow it all on Jalen Samuels. Yes, um, I'm even uh, even that Justin Jackson bit. I'm going back, and it is going entirely on Jalen Samuels. So we're about to sign off in a second, and the first thing I'm going to do is spend all my fab money on Jalen Samuels. Cheers. Much.
I'm going to go get him in every league I can, especially on Yahoo. Remember, tight end eligibility on Yahoo for Jalen Samuels. I'm actually going to have that Samuels versus Gronk decision to make that you talked about. That's so funny. You had it hypothetical, and now this is real life. You got a 20-touch running back, probably. Right? Yeah, he's mine. I mean, what's that? I mean, is there Steven Ridley in there at all for five or six touches? Maybe. But I don't know. I think that's the way to go. I mean, I, I, I really think in a standard league, if you think Samuel is going to get 15 to 20 touches, I mean, wouldn't you play him over a guy like Ertz? I wouldn't play him over Ertz or Kelsey, but everybody else. I don't know. I mean, maybe because of the uncertainty that you think, well, he's a backup running back and, and maybe Ridley bumps him out for six or eight touches, but I don't know. I mean, it's, a, it's I mean, huge. Think- for, if he's tight end, for, forget about running back, where you're probably going to start him in most cases. At tight end, it's a fascinating decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, just just think about you know a couple months down the road when you're thinking when you're you know coming back to how you got knocked out of your fantasy playoffs because you benched the top scoring tight end of the entire year to get cute with a backup running back who had a shot. I wouldn't venture it's or Kelsey for him. Okay, Gronk is where the line gets very very interesting. I mean, Kelsey had 30 non PPR points last week. I know it was a career day, but the guy's wild. I mean, that ceiling or that floor, I should say, is more safe to me than that of Samuel's who. You know, even if he gets 15 touches, we don't know exactly what he'll do with it. You know, seems like a good bet to get, you know, 10, 15 points. But beyond that, I'm not even sure his ceiling's as high as Connor in a regular week. I don't know. It's, it's a tough one, John. And maybe, not a whole lot of as guys. As far as the but, other tight ends, if you're thinking Urgent Kelsey, Kittle would have to factor into that conversation, too. Yeah, Kittle gets in there. But, um, you know, Kittle, Gronk, kind of right. That That's where yeah. that's where I'm drawing the line. Uh, we, you know, we, we, we might have different lines on this. But yeah. Uh, yeah, right in there is where the situation gets interesting, and you try to flex if you can. All right, what Hopefully else you got going on? Your fab. What else do I got going on? Yeah, it's a big slate of college hoops tonight, um, and we got UFC 231. Max Holloway and Brian Ortega is coming back this weekend, so that's what's going to occupy me for the rest of the week. Did, what did you watch uh, the Rutgers Wisconsin game? Yes, I watched it. I was I was trying to keep up with Monday Night Football too yeah. because of our um, situation, but then. When Sanchez entered the game, I, I switched the channel over permanently. My Scarlet Knights um, are scrappy. Yes, they are scrappy. I mean, they got that big win against Miami, so that they're – I don't want to call them a tournament team yet, but they are they got a big win early on and, and could do some damage. We'll have to see. Yeah, they – I mean, I don't, know, I don't want to call them a tournament team either, but they played Michigan State tough on Friday night, and they played you guys tough on the road last night. Hmm. I'm excited. And the Cole Center – you know, last year kind of diluted people a little bit, but the Cole Center is one of the tougher places to play in, in college basketball. They had a they had a winning streak spanning three four seasons in the time I went to school and shortly afterwards there. So it, it was it was a well known thing and, and very difficult to win there. And the fact they made it close was impressive. I mean, even after the first half, using Ethan Happ and DFS, it was a little shaky there. But you know, things corrected themselves. Right. All right, folks, listeners to this podcast and get a free 10-day RotoWire trial at rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card needed. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Take a look now, rotowire.com slash pod. Please leave us reviews and ratings wherever you're listening. We'd appreciate it. And thank you for listening to this edition of the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, Derek and I are going to be here on Thursday with our game-by-game preview for Week 14. So please come on back then to get ready for your playoffs. And good luck in your bids tonight. For Jake Letarski, I'm John Halpin. See you next time.